welcome back to Big D Energy. Uh, I have Haley, who I met, I don't even know how many years ago we met. Years. Many. A long time ago. Yeah. Um, but she is an RN who has 11 years of experience as a nurse. She's worked as, as an aide prior to that um, while she was in nursing school. Her experience includes telemetry, PACU, um, but clearly her love resides in OB as she has spent the majority of her career between postpartum and nursery care as well as labor and delivery. Um, she's currently in school to become a midwife, which she plans to complete in a little over a year. So welcome. Thank Thanks. you for coming on. Thank you for coming on to talk special. about something that I don't really, I don't have a lot of familiarity with because it's just not been an area of healthcare <laughs> and nursing that I have, I have stayed far away from. It either from. calls to you or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was like, no, I'm good. I will, yeah. I will well, stick with the other side school, of it. <laughs> uh, when we did our OB rotation, I asked my clinical person at BU if I could write a paper instead of see a baby be born. And she was like, no, get in there. And then I was like, oh. And so, here you are. Yeah, I was all for never doing that. I was going to work in the ER. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So so tell, tell everybody a little bit about, like, what your experience in this system has been like, particularly in OB, maternity, labor, and delivery, that, right. that world. So what, what's, your, <laughs> so, what's your experience and take on it all? So... Um, I have the benefit of, I've seen like a very different sides of it because <clears throat> I'm an old crusty nurse now. So my first job as a new grad was, um, in Binghamton, we did, it was a high risk. We delivered anything above 28 weeks. Um, and I didn't know that. And I did uh, nursery and postpartum and I didn't know at the time, but like, that's so crazy because everywhere I've worked since is like low risk. So there, and I remember when I was in nursing school and I wanted to do OB, sorry, there's a cat here. Um, I remember being like very into uh, non-intervention. You know, I watched the movie uh, Business of Being Born a Million Times. Like I was for leaving women alone. But then working where I did on high risk, I was like, why would anyone want to have a home birth? Why wouldn't someone want to be at the hospital? Why, 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 why? So... <laughs> But like, you know, the nature of healthcare, like wherever you are, they're like, this is where everyone should be, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and especially like we'd get a lot of like, we call them NAS babies, but babies with um, substance abuse disorder, like on arrival. So, you know, I spent a good couple of years being like people that want to be crunchy and chill. Like, why would you want to do that? So then I went to pack you because I was like, I got to see if I got more skills here. And uh, but then we ended up moving away and we went to this because uh, my wife got a job in Western New York. And I worked at this tiny hospital that did I think they do like 300 births a year. And where I came from, that big high risk place does like 1500. So these people and a lot of them at this small place are Amish. So this was like rocked my world. So you were um, like not just smaller, but you were like totally different. It was like a cultural. I was like, where are the people? What's yeah. happening? <laughs> right. um, so I spent, I worked nights there. And most of the time I spent just either sitting with a patient on med surge or being like, oh, wow, there's no doctors in house. There's no anesthesia in house, which at first I was like, what? But then like, I mean, I would argue 
it's shady at times, sure, but it pushes you, I think, as a nurse, like, you have to be really good at your craft to keep people out of sticky situations like that. So mm -hmm. in the short time I was there, it, like, dawned on me that, like, you know, there's a, a I think, a big line between everyone getting standardized routine admission orders and then seeing these Amish women who had just come in and like literally just wanted a space to be and you to leave them alone. And you know what? Their babies were still born. Mm -hmm. So, or how about, you know, I worked postpartum and as soon as a baby was born um, within, they'd have like a two hour recovery and then the labor and delivery nurses would bring them to the nursery at which time I would give them shots and give them a bath and hopefully have them all warmed up in time to meet their mom on the other side. And now, like, even just working 11 years as a nurse, like, the difference, like, now it would be insane anywhere to bathe a baby two hours after a bath. Like, it's just constantly changing. There's research that they feed better, everything. Like, I just think there's been a big shift in how we just routinely spit babies and moms through these processes. Mm -hmm. So the little hospital taught me that when I was like, wow, look at these Amish women just having babies like it's a normal part of life. And then I went back to where I worked before, but I went to labor and delivery. And, you know, I got some mad skills. Again, anything over 28 weeks. I very distinctly remember my last delivery there before we moved to Arkansas for a year was very obviously traumatic for the person, but so traumatic for me that when we got to Arkansas, I went back to work in the recovery room. I was like, <laughs> I had a 31 weeker whose water had been broken forever. And the nurse I got a report from was like, she keeps complaining, but she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Well, 15 minutes into my shift, her 31 baby week baby blasted out and had a cord prolapse and we had to resuscitate it. And like, I had just gotten to work. I was like, <sighs> You're like, I haven't even had a, I haven't even had my snack yet here at work. Right. I didn't have coffee. So when <laughs> the doctor was like, what the hell just happened? I was like, I mean, I would like to know as well. And, uh, the nurse told me that the lady didn't have any contractions on the monitor, but like it was flipped over. And this woman had been in a labor and delivery nurse for years. So all these things just make me think like, that people have been having babies for so long. Why is it such a difficult thing? Like, why do you go somewhere and it's like we have to treat people like they're dying and sick? Then you go somewhere else and this Amish lady like might come in and be like, here's my placenta in a bag I delivered on the way here. Right. And depending on where you are, it's perfectly acceptable. Right. So, <laughs> and like that big hospital I worked at used to have a group of midwives. They got rid of their midwives. Why? Because the doctors didn't want to cover them. I just can't understand. There's like always such a dichotomy between midwife care and doctor care, but it's all the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so I just, really yeah. Bothered me. I just recently talked about that with, with like, it's like NPs, like mid, all mid-level providers that now yeah. all of a sudden all these physicians are coming out and saying like, we don't want to be responsible for them. We think that right. the care is going to be worse because of them. And I'm like, I don't like show me the statistics on that because right. I, yeah. You don't, from a patient standpoint, you never hear that. Like, they want to see the no. mid-levels. Yes. They don't want to see physicians. And, like... Right, the nurse practitioner knows my name. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, and so like, and then in like, it's like birth has been turned into like this, like you it's like, almost, it's like so like institutionalized, like in yeah. a hospital, like it's like, it's not this like natural thing that like our bodies are doing, yeah. which it is, it's a natural thing. And like, yeah. and instead we're just, it's just like a whole, it's made into like a whole thing. It's like, and, it's so procedural. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, and like, do you, what's your experience? Do you have a lot of experience with like home births or? I don't. And I gotta be honest, like I, as a midwife have zero intention of doing home births cause I want to keep my license when that one thing goes wrong. And that's another thing. This is such a natural thing. Like cancer's not natural. Heart disease, I would argue is not natural, you know, cause we do this to ourselves. Having a baby is very natural. We've been doing it forever. So why I just, the intervention of it is just insane. Like you go to the hospital when you're sick, I get that. Um, but it's one of the highest um, litigation specialties. But like, why aren't doctors who just pile you full of medicines and you still die of cancer? Why isn't that the highest one? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, yeah. they tell you, like, no matter where you work as a labor and delivery nurse, you're going to be told that um, you better do CYA charting. You know what that means. Mm -hmm. And you better chart the same thing on every patient every time. Because in five years when you're called to court, they're going to open the chart and be like, oh, Danielle charted this. And then they're going to pull up another chart and be like, why didn't you chart that on the other patient? You knew something was wrong. And then, you know, we can get sued till babies are 21. Wow. So if your kid's not the valedictorian, you can just be like, well, Haley should have put oxygen on me before I pushed. That is wild. And for, so for those who are listening, CYA documentation, what she's saying is, is cover your ass. Um, yeah. And that's, a th and that is one of the things that about like, healthcare that has become so prevalent is this this type of documentation that you have to like you have to document in a way of always thinking like if somebody were to sue me right. am I covering myself in all different areas to make yeah. sure that if I'm sitting in a courtroom somebody can't say well you didn't do this or you did this so why or this or that right because we live in a very sue happy world nation these days and it's mm -hmm. like and that's like what what is your sure take takes from, the fun out of it yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> but that's like and i was i i was talking about this the other day is like we like we want to take care of people right like we want to help people we want to like make this birthing process like the most beautiful greatest thing ever sure. but it's like we don't actually like and maybe it's a little different from your perspective. So, like, tell me if I'm wrong. But, like, what is the amount of time that you're actually spending at the bedside with a patient? Well, like... <laughs> I argue that depends on the kind of nurse you are. Um, and your assignment, like, ACOG says that you should have one, like, essentially labor and delivery should be one-on-one. -on -one, but you and I both know that that's a pipe dream. Like I've very frequently had two labor patients with epidurals, both delivering at the same time. And you got to decide which one you would pawn off to your coworker because you just can't be in two places at once. Um, but I think it depends. Like, but I will say in the last 11 years, there's this new, like I would say a movement to do physiologic birth and they have these classes like spinning babies, which is like you learn how to like, 
put uh, birthing people in positions and stuff to facilitate, like you're moving the pelvis, you're doing this, you're doing that. Um, we actually just set, we're going to have a class for that in October for the nurses on our unit. I think there's a big, like, sort of a renaissance for stuff like that happening. And I think it's because, mm. you know, us crazy millennials are taking over. Mm. Um, so you because, see a movement more towards, like, more holistic type. For sure. Or including, trying to include more yeah. holistic. Like, we even methods. have doctors where I work now that'll be like, Haley, go spin that baby and get it out. And, like, <laughs> they'll come in and help you turn and reposition. Like, it's awesome. But I also know that, like, that is not the experience at a lot of places, but yeah, I, I definitely think that, but so where I am now, there's like a gaggle of us that do that. And you're like, and I tell people when they're in labor, when they're getting induced or whatever, like I'm here, however you need me, you want me at your bedside. You want me cheering for you the whole time. You want to be able to see the whites of my eyes. Like you're having your baby. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. But there are people that are like, well, I brought my entire family. So I actually don't need you for anything. So, and that's also a big thing about OB, I think, that sets it apart is every patient shows up with different intentions. Like, there are people who'd show up and they're like, I want my epidural and I want to sleep until I'm complete and wake <laughs> me up to have a baby. And then there's other people that, like, you cannot leave to eat an apple, right? Yeah. And um, I think that's why it's so important to individualize care. So, you know, where I used to work, there was just hey, I got a patient here, I checked her cervix, and then I checked it again an hour later, she's definitely in labor, okay, here's some admission orders. Like, it's just all very rote. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, where I work now, we have lots of midwives, and they're like, well, what does she want? What does she want to do? How's she feeling? You know, if she's not active, does she want to go home and come back later? So, so she can like, be comfortable. Yeah. Because so the more that... you're in the hospital, you're going to get, like, there's going to be interventions. Yeah, and why, so why... So from your experience, like so far in being in school and what, and your experience with midwives at work, like what is, is it just the, is it just what you're taught in school as to how to approach these? Or is it, is it because we have this underlying nursing background that we go into it with this different sort of like compassion and care that we really, truly want to have that like physician's don't necessarily well, especially have. um i know many obstetricians who are magic unicorn people one of my best friends is one but like they're surgeons mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so um i worked surgery for seven months great. and learned very quickly what that's like so mm -hmm. yeah like there's a time and a place and that's great i love having their skills like a phone call away and i don't like i think i will always work in a hospital even as a midwife and do like not a lot of intervention, but the OR is right there. If I do need it, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's how I think the world should be. You have options um, and your plans are allowed to change. But do I see a, a gross difference in, and this isn't just where I work now, just like always, like if you have a midwife patient, the midwife comes and they sit with the patient and they do labor support and they know their whole family and it's, it's fucking magic, dude. It's wild. It's just like this nice little, like, as the nurse, you're there for this monumental moment in their life, but, like, it's just a different vibe. Like, we're all here for it. You know, I've been doing this for 11 years, and I still cry in a beautiful birth. Like, it's magic. It gives me chills. 
But then you have people who are like, all right, I have a 7.30 induction. I'm going to go in. We're going to start Pitocin. I'm going to go eat lunch. We're going to come back. We're going to break our water. I'm going to come back. We're going to deliver the baby or go to section. Like, and it's hard being a nurse to adapt to both of those things. And I think that wherever you work, there's like, you know, the nurses who are like, I'm down. Let's go, doctor. And there's other ones that are like, no, I'll gladly stay in the midwife room all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just the dichotomy is insane. Yeah. But yeah. Where, where I work now is the most like midwife friendly place I've ever worked. It's lovely. It's great. Right. But... And there and you're with them like you get you're you're with the patient from like from beginning to end of pregnancy. It's not you're not just yeah. introduced to them. Correct. Yeah. Birth. And um, yeah. where I am now, they see like if they're a midwife patient, they'll have visits with all the midwives so that ideally whenever they have to come in, they'll at least, like there will be a familiar face there. Oh. And I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is. Yeah, because how many times has it happened that like you've seen this OB for nine months and they're on vacation, right. and now you like, have who's this asshole? now you have jo- yeah. Joe Schmo who just came in and you're like, who the hell are you? And you're gonna deliver my right, baby? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. And so what is what's well, your like our oldest? Right, she was born in Binghamton, and the one person that I did not want to deliver her was on call. And, <laughs> and it like, always works out that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I was like, call him for the end. Um, You're like, I got it. I'll take care of it. Yeah, for real. Just stand back. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think labor and delivery nurses are maybe a little bit of narcissists too. I myself am like, you want to be there. Your patient needs you. They're never going to forget you. Like I used to go to Wegmans in Johnson City and people would be like, Haley. And I was like, hey, nice baby. But like, <laughs> it's, it's just so like special. Like it's not like any other kind of nursing, you know, and there are people like that are certified midwives who aren't nurses. Um, uh, we have a big Amish community here and they use them. And we like, like yesterday they called, I have a girl who's stuck in labor. She's been four centimeters. This is what we've done. Like the midwife calls our unit and gives our midwife report. It's magic. Ah. And then, like, we all can collaborate and agree on a plan, like, okay, she's been laboring at home for 12 hours, not much is happening, she's really uncomfortable, she's getting really tired, okay, well, now we're at the hospital, if you want pain medicine, it's here, and a lot of times the midwives stay with them and act as doulas, like, but there's also, like, I've worked other places that are like, oh, the lay midwives, but, like, Mm. we're all, we have the same end goal, Right. so I just, right. Do you see a shift? Do you like in, do you see a big shift more towards, cause I feel like I've seen like more of this shift, like I guess on social media of like more like promoting home births and all of these things and more natural. But so do you, are you seeing that in your Latin work? Like do you often get people who like attempted to have a home birth and now they're in the hospital or sometimes. And it's usually because, um, they have like arrest of labor, they've stopped making change, or they're like so uncomfortable, they're like, take me to the narcotics, please, which is fine, if that's what you want. Um, but I do think, and I think this is a super important topic, that I think the increase and in a push for that and staying out of the hospital is because people um, in our era of wokeness, which I love the wokeness, um, they're more comfortable talking about their trauma and a lot of people have birth trauma and they've proven that um, the people that report having trauma are ones that felt like they weren't listened to. 
And there's mm-hmm. no better place to go to not be listened to than a hospital. Right. As exactly. You know. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, you show up and I worked with a doctor once who this Amish lady came in, nothing was happening. It was the middle of the night. And uh, the doctor's like, well, we can do this, 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 or this. And the Amish lady was like, I don't want to do that. And the doctor said to her, because I was mortified, then why did you come here? Why did you wake me up? And I was like, like, mm. but that says it all, right? Like, right. She's right. just like, you came to me. Right. Like, no, she just wanted some fucking help, dude. Right, right. And that's like, and that's yeah. the thing is like, I know like in, in, a lot of areas of nursing, especially like a lot of areas in like primary care where I've had more experience and stuff is like, we're spending the majority of our time looking at a computer and mm-hmm. doing all of our documentation. Like we get three minutes to spend with a patient. And that's the thing is like, you don't, there's, there's this lack of like actual human connection. Yeah. And like sure. you said, these people are coming in to like seek care regardless mm-hmm. of whatever it is. And like, yeah you don't even actually see the whites of anybody's eyes half the time because like even if they're in the room they're staring at a computer screen yeah figuring something out and i when i realized that i was like oh my god i did i spent like you don't especially when you do like floor nursing maybe not so much in maternity and labor and delivery because you do tend to have that lower ratio you know staffing ratio but like if you're if you have six or seven patients to take care of like when you're working on a telemetry unit or you're working in PACU like you might you may know like their name and why they're there but otherwise like you don't know a damn thing about them and it's no, not because and... you don't want you you don't you don't care but you you don't have the damn time because sure. you have eight million other things to get done if you want to be absolutely. out before yeah. 16 hours of your shift yeah, you know absolutely yeah I and, mean watching you give meds for 12 hours on telemetry is precisely why i was like it's really fucking cool watching babies be born yeah yeah because at least you have a little bit more of that like connection with people like you actually get to talk to people and like learn you know learn about them and see the family and who they are and like otherwise you're just like if in any most other settings you're just pissed off if somebody actually wants to talk to you and have a conversation because you're like i don't have time for this yeah god forbid if there's a concerned (laughs) family member you don't have time for that you don't have time for that Mm-mm. no not at all and like yeah so you know overall like i mean i think overall this industry is just really it's just it's it's turned into like uh, it's it's just turned into another business right it's just it's oh, for this sure business i mean that's that just is, what it is an industry mm-hmm. you know and driven by money driven by the bottom line trust gainy scores <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like like if the food sucks we all get in trouble people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exactly crazy. It, it, it's yeah. so crazy and it's like and i think that like you said like our generation is really starting to i think shift i think it's gonna take a i think it's gonna take a lot longer to see that shift like within the industry itself oh, because yeah. of us but once we get to the top maybe yeah but like what what but like what do you think it like do you see i'm trying to think of how to ask this like do you see a shift in like in like the even like the patients that you're seeing right that are that are coming in and it's so hard like and from my perspective it's so hard because i just have no experience in this at all uh, other than a hot minute in a clinical rotation where you're like Ooh. i'll stay over here but like <laughs> 
Do you see a difference in even like the patients that you're seeing as, as the generations shift with people who are having babies like over this past decade that you've worked in it that like they like they're not looking for like the quick fix or like they want to act like you said they're they they want to deal with their trauma they want to like actually do this type of work versus like just throw all the drugs at me and whatever or like i'll answer with a story as i do like father time over here um what was it two shifts ago so we're the only place where I live right now in Pennsylvania to have a hospital in like a ridiculous radius. Um, you got to go an hour in either direction to get a higher level of care. So, and it's very rural. So, you know, there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of diversity. There's not a lot of anything, but there was one other hospital and they closed it two years ago. See you bye. Um, and we absorbed a lot of their nurses but um, I had a lady, she was on our unit, she wasn't my patient the other day, who from the moment she came in in labor, she was just like, I had such a terrible experience last time. She, I think she had a three-year-old. She's like, I just don't want that to happen again. And it's almost like it took over like her labor experience. She was so focused on it not being like that again. Um, she said, you know, last time she was at the other hospital, She ended up, she's like, I didn't want an epidural, but I felt like I had to get an epidural. They wouldn't let me move. They wouldn't let this. They wouldn't let that. So I think as evidence that stuff is changing, like me and all my coworkers, even the ones that weren't her nurse, we weren't busy that day. I think she was one of our two patients. We all were with her all day. Like we are following your birth plan until we have like a declared reason not to. Like we always say a baby declares itself. Like... We are all going to get you that delivery. And we did. We had like a shift change baby. She delivered on her hands and knees. She didn't have any medicine. There were like six of us in there just being like, this is amazing. (laughs) And I like, like a lot of us, like we're here for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know a few people I've worked with and I work with now that would be like, oh my God, why are you all in there? But like, I think there is a big shift in like, not just the patient's, but, like, the people going into nursing, mm. I hope. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of, like, even the new grads will be like, hey, do you follow Mr. Midwife on Instagram? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I'm just like, you young kids. Like, it <laughs> melts my cold heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, do you see that? What, like, do you, what, like, as far as, like, other places, like, within the hospitals that you're working at, do you see that shift happening outside of you, those types of units as well? Or do you think it's a little really bit know. more... I got to say, like, when you work labor and delivery, you're pretty isolated from, you know, like, the crunchy old telly nurses don't think you're real (laughs) nurses, and Mm. we know we never want to fucking do that, so. Right. Like, enjoy your hallway. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, But I like to ask people that come in, like, just dead set on an experience they don't want, I'll say to them, like, what happened last time that you don't want to happen again? And I think that opens up a good road instead of them, it kind of shifts it because a lot of people come in and they're just, they're, they're playing defense. They're in pain, they're uncomfortable, and they're like, they're going to make me do this. They're going to make me do that. This is what I had to do last time. So I always make sure I go out of my way and I'm, you know, what is your plan? What is like, I got to do nitty gritty paperwork. I got to at least give you a small hep lock. And I tell like, that's for your baby more than you. If your baby misbehaves. You know, we can't give it a spanking. We got to deal with it in your belly. So, um, so, but I say like, 
it's more than just, do you want an epidural or do you want to do natural childbirth? Like, what do you want to occur here? Because as long as you are stable and your baby is stable when it's on the monitor, like we can do that. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of patients are like, well, what do you want to do? Like, girl, I don't, I'm here for you. <laughs> right. This is not my labor. And I just think it's so crazy how many people come in and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm a pain. Like, you are birthing a human being. Mm -hmm. You are not a pain. Like, what the fact that anyone even considers themselves a burden, like, a nine-pound baby's going to come out of you. So, like, right. make demands. Right. It's wild. Right. Back in the day, um, like, way back in the day, you know, like, you would take, like, my mom told me in the 80s, like, they labored in a room with a bunch of, like, everyone that was in labor labored in a room together. And then as you got closer to deliver, they would just take you to the delivery room, and then you'd go back and be with all the, like, the postpartum women. Like, it was all group. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like, think of how much more support you would get. That's true. From a group of equally miserable, powerful, <laughs> passionate people. You know? That is true. That like is now true. Now it's just you're closed off. Like, the nurse was in here. The doctor was in here. The nurse was in here. The doctor was in here. Like, imagine being able to, like, share that experience. Right. Well, that's, and that's where, like, where community comes back in, too. Which yeah. is, like, which, like, I mean, back, like, in Native and Indigenous times and in ancient times, yeah. like, that's how birth was done. Like, it was, like, it, like, the saying, it takes a village is not, like, just, it's not some fucking saying that somebody made up. Like, right, it's true. Yeah. But, like, we have become so detached from that to the point where, like, we don't yeah. even know who our neighbors are who live five feet away we are from grossly us. grossly like, individualistic, for sure. Yeah. 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 And do you think, so, like, these, like, plans these pa these birthing plans that you're that you're talking about is that yeah. like are you seeing like more people shift away from like the what would be which i don't even know what the standard of plan you but have you seen shifts in like what people want when they're even when they're coming yeah into i think a lot like... of people um a big thing that's changed since i've been a nurse is a lot of people want um delayed cord clamping because it's been proven to improve newborn anemia so we used to just um put the baby on the mom cut the cord we're done with it um now baby goes on mom skin to skin like right at delivery and the cord's not cut till it's done pulsing and it can increase their h and h like three percent or something so that's cool evidence is rad um <laughs> the golden hour we do now is uninterrupted skin to skin no matter who's in the room like if it's partner mom grandma whoever um like obviously they're allowed to hold their own baby but we recommend like just leave your baby right there we'll assess it on you we'll do its vitals on you like just hold your baby so it can mm -hmm. smell you look at you and see who's been talking to it for nine months um people are really into that and delayed bath because that's been proven to um honestly do better for everything um it's better for their skin it's better for blood sugar it's better for temp control like it turns out we just shouldn't fuck with babies as soon as they're born whoa <laughs> yeah or really ever for that matter because ever yeah let's yeah, face it they're, that. they're smarter than all of us so um, yeah like it's yeah and like so alone. right exactly and like um shit what were you saying oh the skin to skin so, like, and that's, yeah. like, become, like, so, like, I mean, that is just, like, something that's just become, like, so much more prominent now in general. Like, oh, yeah. Like, for sure. Forever. Um, so, yeah. So, it's really cool to see that, like, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like just in this conversation, that's definitely one of the areas in this industry that's like really, I would say, shifting more rapidly than most. And yeah. it, so. and it's, it's, it makes me curious to know, like, why? Is it just because of the nature of what it is? Is it because, like, let's be honest, women are driving this, like, as the patient, you know, they're coming in and saying, like, fuck off, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, is it is it because we tend to see the, this the shift with with pe professionals like midwives and it's like i don't you know i don't what what do you think do you think, think there's like that, any um i think that people like have more knowledge at their fingertips uh i mean you can do a quick quick google search about oh, what should i pack in my hospital bag and some of it's insane and some of it's reasonable <laughs> but I like, um, I don't know. And I think a, a lot of it's prenatal care, though. I mean, even our docs here are like, this is what's, you know, evidence-based is like a big thing. I work for a really big um, healthcare system. And the good thing about them is they are all about, like, it's evidence-based, do it. It's evidence-based, do it. It's evidence-based, stop doing it right now. We're going to do something else. Mm. Um, but again, I think it's um, it's also very easy to Google what is birth trauma and then read 9 million stories about like, it breaks my heart. If I, okay. So I took my seven year old to gymnastics and usually when people find out what I do, like they have to tell me their birth story and then I have to tell them how cool their doctor is. Cause I know them even if they're not. But uh, one day I was sitting at gymnastics and they were talking about like, they didn't call it that, but essentially their birth trauma, like they were just airing a bunch of, complaints that happened as in their perspective to them while they were trying to have a baby and I was just like and I've always thought about going to mid midwifery school but we've moved around a lot and whatever but it was like the I was just like you know if I can prevent like two people from having that conversation at gymnastics that to like even those two women out like it's just it's supposed to be the most special magical moment of your life. So the fact that people, and you already like it fucks with your hormones, postpartum depression is a very real thing. So like on top of that, you come out of all that and you're like, no one ever even listened to me while I was there. That's just, mm. it kills me. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not, me. and I the thing is, is it doesn't even just affect the mom. Like that, like if we talk about like trauma, and generational right. trauma like that's already instilled yeah. into that baby from exactly, the time exactly. that from the time that they're yeah. conceived mm -hmm. <laughs> so everything right. and then anytime anyone's with. pregnant in like a 20 mile vicinity their mom's gonna be like oh no one listened to me and it was terrible like we had to learn in uh, school that like if your mom is with you for delivery like their brains literally can't not be like well when i had you blah, 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 blah. and mm. i also find that very unhelpful a lot of the time but other times it's great but it's right. like yeah just the things we pass down that like I always joke with my mom if we fight I'm like well you know I had a c-section and you didn't want to breastfeed me so obviously I'm a cynical bitch <laughs> clearly you did this to me that's what I always used to tell my mom would be because she like breastfed my brother but not me and I would oh, be and my cold, brother yeah. and my brother would be like well I'm smarter than you and I'd be like yeah well that's because mom breastfed you and but she didn't bre breastfeed yeah. me so like what's that bullshit exactly yeah, <laughs> she didn't like, like you enough well, you were a pain in the ass baby, so like I don't I'm like. Oh, thank like, oh, okay. you. Okay, <laughs> still am. Thirty-five yeah. years later. Amen. Also, amen. Right. 
Exactly. I'll send you the therapist yeah. bill. Um, That's right. Therapy's yeah. great, by the way. Everyone go. That is true. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm on this tirade now of like, how do we shift? How do we get people? There's like so many people who work in this industry who will admit to you point blank in front of anybody. They don't care. Their boss, whoever, a patient that like, they hate their job. It fucking sucks. They, nobody listens to them, all of these things, but nobody like actually does anything about it or says anything about it or, and like, why are we not like, like if we, if you take a group of humans as just nurses say, like, Mm -hmm. hello, we're one of like the most dominant careers in this entire nation. And like, you I like, I'm sorry, but like, look at what a um, a strike does at hospitals when they don't when they want to get p- paid. Like, exactly. everybody teams up and sticks up for that. But like, it's always about just... the money, man. You yeah. want better, like, you want more money. We'll all show up at eight o'clock to pick it. But you want to like make people upset and uncomfy, and you want to change how you do your job. I think that makes people uncomfy. Um, I say the same thing, though. Um, I was just telling Trisha this. Like, imagine a whole bunch of nurses on the same page. Because, like, hear me out. I apparently am less pessimistic than I thought. I thought COVID was going to turn shit around for a second. Right? And then I was like, oh, wait, they don't care. They don't care. Okay. Uh Um, But when it started and they, like, I was working in PACU for a minute. And they shut down our OR. I was like, fuck, dude, this is it. Like, say we were like, no. You know, and people that are like, well, you signed up to be a nurse. No one wants to be a fucking pandemic nurse, Mm -hmm. especially when the people running the pandemic don't know what they're doing. Um, But like, I was like, this could be this big moment for nursing. Like, they're going to realize our worth. They're going to pay us. Right. And then I woke up out of my fever dream and was like, it's even worse now. Mm -hmm. Cool. Because like a whole bunch of nurses died of COVID and the other ones don't think it's real. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I think just. (laughs) nursing's so cool because you know you can do anything with it but it also attracts a lot of people from over here and a lot of people from over here and I I don't know because I wasn't like politically conscious when I worked like on the telly floor or whatever but where I work now it seems like I think a lot of labor and delivery nurses are like very crunchy very like obviously we're all mostly dirty feminists who like you know (laughs) Of the patriarchy right but i think it's hard to build a bridge with like there's so many people in the workforce that are nurses that are like in their 60s and their 70s and then they have all of us radical millennials shaking things up and then the people younger than us i would argue are usually even crunchier than we are so i think that there's like distension among the ranks sometimes like mm. they'll go get more money with us but they just want to do their shit get off the clock and go home us youngins, like, we want to fucking change the world. Right. Right. At least I do. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, and that's the thing is, like, these people want, like, we want to do this, but, like, then there's all these, like, fucking people above us who are, like, no, that doesn't make us enough money or no, like, you have to hammer out 40 patients in an eight-hour day because we need to get paid. And it's, like, but... Or, like, if people just, like, learn how to actually take care of themselves and, right. like, not put garbage, like, 
in their bodies or on them or, you know, or whatever else. But like, and it's like, I don't know. And like, I, I too, like, it's just like this, like we're some of like the most miserable humans too. That like you you said, you know, like we just like, nobody has a problem just bitching all day long about like everything in sight. And then it's like, and then we expect like our patients to like feel like like they know we are fucking miserable right <laughs> like feel cared for yeah. and feel happy that they're in the hospital and it's like right and they're yeah. the asshole it's like i don't get paid near enough i'm being run into the ground i shouldn't even have you as a patient because i was capped off like three patients ago but <laughs> hey let's do this right. you right. know like i feel bad sometimes uh my boss has to like round on people and She'll say it like a staff meeting, like, oh, so-and-so brought up that they know their nurse was busy. Like, we really don't want them to know that. Well, I can't hide the fact that I haven't been in there in two hours, and they can hear people blowing out babies all over the unit. Like, <laughs> there's only four of us here. Like, what do you want from us? Right. And there's no incentive, at least where I am, for retention. Like, if I got you a job where I work right now, you could get $15,000 sign-on bonus. Do you know what I get for fucking dealing with the same shit before covid through covid and now fucking the same thing nothing 60 cents more than i made three years ago like right it's insane yeah right yeah there's no like retention (laughs) perks anywhere yeah and yeah and like it's just yeah and you're right and like you thought like we thought covid like it would be like such a big eye-opener and that like people would come together and like and where i was at at the time i was I was still, I was in long-term care still when COVID, which was like frightening. We were nowhere near as frightening as what a lot of nursing homes dealt with. But like, but I attribute that to the fact that like, we had a group of people who like, we had a locked, it broke out on our dementia unit. So it was a locked unit. And so of course, like they're not staying in their rooms. They're like touching everything and everyone. And it, there is no ability to, decreased no. transmission you're like okay he got it we're just gonna we're just gonna expect that the whole unit is gonna have we're it we're just gonna paint it on the walls exactly and like <laughs> and so but we the staff that we had over there like fortunately came together and we were all like a, a younger generation we were all had a, like a very different mindset about things and when they locked us over there and we're like you can't come off the unit you can't go anywhere else you have to stay over there just breathe in all the covid yourself and like, yeah. and we, like, it got to a point where like, we'd have zoom meetings back and forth and back and forth and be like, we'll do and the, like administration would be like, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing this. And be like, you're not even over here. You don't even right. see what's happening. And it just got to the point right. where we were just like, well, fuck yeah. off. Like if you don't, right. if you don't care about what we're saying and we basically just got to the point where we're like, we're going to run it ourselves. Like, yeah. we're going to figure it out what we need to do. We know what we need to do, and we're just going to do it. And we basically – and we didn't listen to what people above us were telling us. Like, of course, maybe here and there, but, like, no, right. we're not going to come to your daily Zoom meeting because it's a waste of our time, and we could be doing other things. And we had – We're not going to come throw you a fucking bone, so – Right. And and yeah. in comparison to places that were losing, like, hundreds of patients, we mm-hmm. lost, like, a handful. And it was yeah. like, well, because – we just followed our intuition and what we knew we had to do and stop listening to like people who clearly like right. nobody knew what to do. 
Nobody. Yeah. Like, not even That's the smartest of the smartest. Like, well, you're a nurse. What do you expect? Um, it's the fucking 21st century. I expect there to not be fucking plagues. That's what I expect. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Exactly. No one wants to do that. Like when it first hit, we like some places we never did this, but like they couldn't have any support people to have a fucking baby, dude. Like oh, it's right. just yeah, you yeah. in a mask with me in a mask having a baby. How terrifying is that? Who would want to come to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then for the longest time, and I don't, I don't know if it's still like this, like anywhere, but like for the then for like the longest time, it was like you could only have like one person, yeah, with you. So like, yeah, what? Well, and yeah. it's like, and then we did like you could have your support person, and then one other person, but the other person couldn't switch out. So like, if it was your mom, it's never gonna be my mom. So we had like a lot of dueling grandmas. <laughs> Shit, it got wild. <laughs> I was gonna say, I can imagine shit getting real intense between family dynamics. Like, yeah, no, how do you wild. figure out who's gonna be that one? Yeah, I was like, or hear me out, nobody comes. Okay, right. Good. And talk about birth trauma, right? Like, so, like, you like, uh, like, what, two, three years of a pandemic, and like, yeah, or at least for what a solid year, you couldn't have anybody with you, like, yeah. But like, people just... like, do I really have to wear this mask while I push out a baby? And I'm like, no. No, no, it's your room. But we had a one doctor in particular that would like knock on the door. I'm coming in. Everyone put your mask up, which is cool. White science. Great. But like she's having a baby like shit's uncomfy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. But uh, yeah. back to our. So I think the reason nurses don't uh, no one cares that we're disgruntled is because most of us are of the female persuasion. Mm. You know it. I know it just like people like to talk shit about teachers because most of them are also women Mm. so that's my theory no one cares that we're disgruntled and underappreciated we're the most trusted profession because we're women i think but i also think that that's why it's never gonna get better yeah yeah i mean and and then you wonder why like we're and then and and then we're like categorized as like these like Mm -hmm. hostile when they're all like we're all angry and pissed off. Well, we yeah. are. Yeah, well, <laughs> if nobody fucking listened to you ever. Yeah. White man in the suit. You 12 hours without food or peeing, fucker. <laughs> I don't think I could ever go now, by the way. Now, uh, now that I've been off of, like, floor nursing for as long as I have, I don't think I could ever go 12 hours now. Well, you don't have a peeing. neurogenic bladder anymore. No. Oh, my God. It is insane. <laughs> I was like, how did I do that? I used to go so long. How do you do it? Like, you just... You just do it. It's crazy. Yeah, because you don't even think about it. We, like, kill ourselves to take care of people, continue to get paid shit, continue to get told, like, in nursing, you know, you never hear feedback unless it's bad. When's the last time a boss came to you and was like, you know what, Danielle, you're really fucking killing it. The guy in 307 thinks you're the shit. High five here. Have a fucking, have a coupon to Buffalo Wild Wings. No. You have a staff meeting and they're like, wow, you guys really fucking suck again. And, you know, I'm sorry that the cafeteria food sucks, but you only got four out of five stars. So I guess, you know, you guys can't get raises in three months. Mm -hmm. Right. And that one patient complained. So now you're all being punished because... Also, what happy people sit down and fill out surveys? None. Right. Exactly. You're pissed off. You want to write a letter. You want to talk to the manager. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy too. That everything translates to dollars. Well, yeah, and you, but you would think that in regard to dollars, you would think that like people would actually want to satisfy the patient because now 
patient satisfaction is as actually part of like hospital reimbursement now. Yeah. So like, hello, why aren't we yeah. do like nobody sees that though? Like it, it maybe it's just doesn't affect the reimbursement enough. I don't know the breakdown of that. I try to stay f- as far likely. away from that yeah. as I can, but like, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't. It I don't know. I don't get it. It's just it's it's, it's fucked. terribly sad. But um. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to do part two about the evolution of midwifery because it's in direct relation to the patriarchy. So. Yeah, definitely. We will do that for like, sure. used to be back in the day, um, men mostly, obviously, weren't even allowed to like be with their birthing woman because it was woman stuff. So they'd be with a midwife and they didn't want anything to do with that. And then doctors were like, shit, dude, we should take over this too. And then they started going on like crazy campaigns, anti-midwifing and burning them at the stakes. So. Oh, all right. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to stay tuned for part two on this. Yeah. The evolution. Historical context. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, it's crazy. Is there anything else you have that you think? I can talk That you want to chime in? I know. I know. Me too. It's like I could. It's just like. (laughs) It's like a constant. But like. Um, it's, but- uh, I'm encouraged. I like to leave on a positive note that like, I think with younger generations, I think that we have the potential for the healthcare system to be better, but I would also argue that literally anything would be better than it is right now. Yeah, for sure. I think it's too, I think it's just, it's like, my biggest thing is like, are we, am I trying to change, like, I don't think by, like, hammering the system that already exists right now is going... Like, it's not going to change. It's just we have to decide to create something new. Yeah, we got to reshape it. And forge new paths and, and, you know, and do new things versus, like, being like, I'm going to burn it down to the ground, which is really how I started this whole thing. And then I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to work, but... Yeah, you can't recruit enough people that want to burn shit up. I've tried. (laughs) They just say they want to, but they don't show up when you tell them they have to wear a ski mask. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's off-putting. All right. Yeah. But I think it's, as I become, like, a more senior nurse wherever I work, I think I think there's hope, but it's <sighs> sketch, my dude. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I appreciate you being here and talking Anytime. about all of these things that I have no idea about. And Anytime. I will definitely have you back here very soon for part two. Okay. Cool. And we'll talk about it all. Awesome. Thanks, all right. Dude. Thank you. Yep. See ya.